and now we're on the record, so don't say that anymore. I won't. I won't. I won't call out your social media habits <laughs> anymore. Forgot to mention also, I, I just decided that I'm changing the format of this podcast, so I'm going serious. No more joking around. Okay. okay. No jokes Zero at all. Zero jokes. Joke-free zone. Don't make jokes. Don't goof. Nope. Don't, if you've heard a joke, don't mention it. Don't do you, be playful. Do you see this face? This is, this <laughs> this is, is a serious, yeah. This is a straight that's, face. That's the straight face. Straight face only is the name of the, that's, I'm rebranding it and calling it straight face only. Yep. I just feel like I, there's a gap. I feel like Charlie uh, uh, Charlie Rose was canceled, RIP. Yep. Uh, oh, did he die too? Larry, Larry, no, well, I mean, RIP culturally. Ah, I see. Larry King is actually R.I.P. He's dead. Dead. The world. There's a. There's a. There's a gap. There's a need for a serious guy. I mean, now that Jimmy Buffett's gone. Think, <laughs> yeah, uh... Jimmy Buffett, the most serious of of guys. Yeah, we we um, gotta fill the void somehow. I'm gonna wear a. I'm gonna wear a suit. Which, as far as people listening know, I actually am wearing a suit. So never mind when I said I'm gonna start. I actually am wearing one right now. You and look it's great. Really nice. Yeah. Thanks, Julia. Oh, let me do my. Uh, uh, let me do an intro in in my very serious, no jokey NPR voice. Yes. Let me see how this sounds. My guest today uh, just released one of my favorite albums of the year, "The Window," produced by Chris Walla of Death Cab for Cutie, and it, uh, well, it both bangs and slaps. And um, I'm excited to talk to her today, Julia Steiner of Rap Boys. Julia, thank you. For being hi, here. hi Dan. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> yeah, so much. Yeah, do ASMR. Much. Thank you so much ASMR. for having me today. Yes. AS, ASMNPR. Ugh, what a dream. I'm excited. I'm excited to have my pal Julia back. Thank you for um, inviting me to come on the show. I really appreciate it. <laughs> my formal show. Yes. Um, before we even like talk more, I I I'm going to start by publicly issuing a formal and official official thank you to you and the rest of the rap boys i would i would literally like to thank the rap boys for their music um (laughs) because last last year or so i was trying to put together this covers record for uh the paperback release of my book sellout and i was trying to get artists to cover the bands in the book and through various calamities that i don't need to go into at the very last minute i really needed a jimmy world cover and I reached out to you guys, and just by sheer luck, you told me you were working on a Jimmy World cover for your for your Patreon. And I said, "Oh my God, give it to me! I need it! I need it!" Uh, and I stole it. So apologies to your patrons, but I I took it, and it went on my record. And I I you know I am everybody on that record just went above and beyond. This is not to play favorites. Truly, I love all of the covers on that record. But one of my favorite bands, Rap Boys, taking on my favorite Jimmy World song, A Praise Chorus, Chef's Kiss, Something Uh, Magic. You guys knocked it out of the dang park. Thank you so much. I mean, I just want to say we're in such good company on that comp. And that was seriously one of, like, the most serendipitous things ever. And I'm not exaggerating because there are, like, these moments in your life. Oftentimes, I find them to be kind of small and innocuous. But other times, they're, like, these big core memory moments where you're like okay everything i've done up until this point has led me to this moment and like even the bullshit it was it was right somehow in some weird way and mm-hmm. I, I kid you not we, i was standing like two feet away from where i'm sitting now 
And funny enough, we hadn't started on the cover. We were literally talking about it as a group, like thinking, like plotting our next cover for Patreon. Because during the pandemic, we were like doing a cover every month. And we were like, what if we did like a Jimmy World song? That'd be really cool. Literally like 10 seconds later, (laughs) your email came through and we were like, what the fuck? Is he like I listening so to our conversation? I re- I installed that camera. Exactly. In your house. It, <laughs> we were like, this at is first crazy. I, at first I was just using it to be a pervert. Yeah. But I ne- mean, but hey, <laughs> it all worked out. And wow. Yeah, no, seriously. It was it was a really, really like crazy twist of like timing and fate or whatever. And so yeah, we I was like, well, that settles that. Like, let's fucking go. And so um yeah, we had a really good time working on that. Like, I don't know. If anyone's heard it, who knows? But there's like some Rhodes piano on there. We had like had a bunch of weird instruments living at our house at the time. So we got to like mess around with weird stuff we don't normally have available. So much fun. How cool. did you guys, and it, and a more serendipity, like I said, that is my favorite Jimmy World song, I think. Yeah. How did you, how did you settle on that one? Uh, I don't course. know. Well, that's the record that I am admittedly kind of the most familiar with or was before I read your book, I must say. Um <laughs> Cause I, Julia, great plug. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm Venmoing you right now. Well, great I'm plug. not trying to <laughs> blow smoke, but I, I actually started rereading Sellout recently because I uh, need like some good nonfiction to sink my teeth into these days. I've been reading a lot I'm, of the Venmo amount is going up and up and up, up and ahead. up and up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But um, yeah, like I admittedly kind of grew up listening to the middle and like more of the like mainstream Jimmy World stuff. And so I was most familiar with that record. I don't remember if Marcus suggested that song specifically, but I think we were intrigued about like picking a song that sounds really loud, like a really loud stadium banger kind of, and like giving mm-hmm. it more of a uh, like a bedroom twist or something. So it just kind of naturally worked. And actually, ugh, I wish I could remember who this was, but I watched a few YouTube covers of that song and just kind of realized like, oh, this is like, this sounds really good on the acoustic guitar. So um, I was like, we, I would love to try it. So yeah, yeah, it was Who really did fun. the Davey Von Bolin part? Was that Sean? Sean or was that... Yeah. Okay, Sean. nice. Oh, what a dream. Yeah, that yeah, was fun. It was so good. What a serendipitous thing. I really, like I, like I said, I'm just so uh, grateful for the way that that record turned out beyond my, my imagination. And I love all of them, but like again, you guys taking this like wonderful take on my favorite song. So is that your? Is that is? Would you say you have? Do you have a favorite Jimmy World record? Is it? Is it Bleed American then? Um, probably just because it's the one I've probably heard the most. But I really like Static Prevails. I listened to that one. I did the whole deep dive, like I said, reading the chapter on them, and then kind of going through their discography in order because static prevails that's the or no i'm sorry clarity is the one after static prevails right yeah right i think clarity is actually my favorite because that's the one that's like kind of purple and red on the front am i wrong it's it's the one that yeah it has like a it's kind of like a weird collage yeah. of a few photos in blue and red i think we had a pretty... actually looked at too hard at that cover now that I think i'm about thinking it. of red and purple for some reason i don't yeah, know yeah but... you're you're thinking of the right one okay we had a pretty i had a pretty powerful i don't know about the rest of the guys i had a pretty powerful experience listening to that driving not even through the desert but like through the boring ass highway of like oklahoma like Mm -hmm. just a really kind of brain like no thoughts 
head empty vibe uh like drive through the middle of nowhere and yeah that album is like perfect for a drive like that so that experience that's funny because to me i i hear that album and i think that is such a winter album Mm. you know like that's not like i would i would drive through like a tundra before a desert well yeah it wasn't even like that's what i mean though it wasn't even like a desert with cactus cacti or anything you know it was like Mm -hmm. it was just nothing like Mm -hmm. like just the abyss of like you know fucking uh like a gas station every 40 miles and that's it like it was pretty open and like the landscape around me was so not interesting that like i felt like i really like dug into that music (laughs) like out of necessity for something to to pay attention to um but yeah i i i don't know if that's my favorite though i don't know i like i like everything i've heard by that band yeah they're consistent i love that though i love when you can remember the first time you heard something like I love when something's so important that you remember the experience. I feel like that doesn't happen to me very often. Totally. If any album, that's such a good one to like, remember the experience of listening to. Yeah. Do you, do you have that experience traveling where like you like listen to a record either so much on a trip or like, like in a specific place where it's always associated with that? Yeah, or I even feel like just times of my life Yeah, where I'm like, oh, this is when I was moving and I listened to this national record all the time or whatever, and then I hear that record and that's all I can ever think about, you know? Totally. That's, yeah. That is a band I've actually never listened to. You. That's because you are not uh, a, a man old enough to get a colonoscopy. <laughs> that's <laughs> – that they're kind of colonoscopy core. That's a, that's a genre yeah. – Wow. Once yeah, once they start once they start doing commercials for like, you know, I'm I, Matt I'm Matt of the National reminding you to get your <laughs> get <cold>. your annual <laughs> large yeah. intestine checkup. Yeah. I well, so fun fact, my cousin actually dated him in college. Oh yeah? Yes. Um they were from or at least they were both living in Ohio. Cincinnati. I don't know, but yeah, that's just a band I totally missed. I have a few bands like that, a few like big indie bands that I've never heard a single note. You should get. Oh, I know you just did an interview actually with Josh Terry. Yeah. Right, but Josh had this column. I don't know if he still does it called like Blind Spots, where he had where he asks like artists what uh, what they've not never heard, and then like you I know he basically plays it column. for them. Yeah, I, what, I what remember. What was the Mike Kinsella one? Didn't Mike Kinsella listen to like fucking Tom Petty or something for the first time? There was some crazy hmm. one with him. Julia, oh. let's look it up. Mike okay. Kinsella, Blind Spots. Maybe uh, I'm maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I wonder if REM was... was it. Okay, maybe say. I've maybe I've conflated some things here. Maybe. Because I'm not seeing a Kinsella one. Was it Mike Kinsella? Was it one of the other many Kinsellas? I been, don't know. Might have been a different Kinsella. Who knows? I, I remember I, I, love I that column. Oh, my, he listened to Vampire Weekend. That was... <laughs> <laughs> For the first time. <laughs> That's so funny. Wow. Um, yeah, I had a... I only... I, I think... I don't know if I edited more than one of those when I was at Noisy, but I definitely remember the editing, the Laura Jean one, and... We had just such a problem because she couldn't come up with what 
she hadn't listened to like mm. what a blind spot was because she was just like well if it was a blind spot i would have listened to it how would i know what i've not heard and so yeah. i think we came up with deftones i think she had never heard deftones white pony word i've never heard that um but yeah but why was i talking about that well because i oh. mentioned i've never heard a million it's like yeah you could you could do he could have you for the national he could that. have me for the national he could have me for fucking bright eyes he could have me for interpol like i am uh, interpol i could see i'm surprised that you're that that bright eyes is a is a blind spot for you i never listened to him wow. and i don't how did you get through college I will see. I think I was like slightly too young because like I, mm -hmm. I started college in 2010 and I actually met a girl in college, like one of the first classes I ever took, who is his first cousin. And I remember she. I love that you have all these weird kids. Look, I've never heard this band, but my <laughs> yeah. friend dated him. Well, that's the thing. Like this shit comes up and then she, I I don't think she was saying that to flex or anything, but like I truly had no nothing to like. I, well, mm. I knew who he was, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool! Like, that's awesome!" But I wasn't like, "Oh my god, that's like my favorite!" You know, like I I just didn't have that like history with him, and so. But um, so many of my friends and like peers are like really like feel like they grew up with his music and stuff. So I don't know. I was deeply. Do you listening. feel like you're maybe a little too young for it maybe i I'm don't wondering know. yeah he he's like a real like you know college age yeah musician i like i you know i used to um i did an interview with uh ben gibbard okay uh of death cab um where we did like you know a ranking of the death cab records and something i realized from putting that out is that a lot of times people's favorite album by an artist is the one that came out when they were in college, sure. you know, because like death cab has so many records and I thought that there were clear winners in those, but I was very wrong. It is, it very much depends on when you were 20, like which one came out when you were 20. Yeah. So maybe just, maybe just by the time you were 20, bright eyes was like, not, in vogue anymore i mean I, I think a big way that i discovered new music when i was growing up or like coming of age you know was um with so this was back in the age of the ipod if you yes. can remember those and oh, i had an ipod yeah and i would my best friend um in grade school and high school you know we would meet up at her house and just like I don't know how we even did this, what tech, like what hardware we used, but we would just like fuse our iTunes libraries, do like a transfusion of music, like yeah, you every could like plug months. it into your yeah, because you could just plug it in. Yeah. It was a lot easier to just like drag stuff Share from music. iTunes, dude. I it yeah. is. I don't know if you've tried to do that lately, where you're just like, I want this album from my computer to my iPhone. It sucks, and it's fucking impossible. Nope. It's fucking impossible. I don't know how to do it. it I, like, maybe I'm just doing it. It like is so, yeah, so you did like you did iTunes tr blood transfusions. iTunes blood transfusions probably but like twice a year for like six years or something. And I just think my friend who was sharing music with me and vice versa, I don't think she dug bright eyes. I think like she thought he was like a little whiny baby. And so I, sure. I have a feeling that's why I never it was never fully on my radar because I was like pretty pretty firmly listening to like whatever she was giving me and and all that that's how i got uh that that 
iPod transfusion process is how I first heard uh, Neutral Milk Hotel. Yeah, totally. It's it is cool. That that is a, a, a trans like a sharing music sharing way that I miss where you're just yeah. like kind of felt like you know going to your friend's house and borrowing a bunch of records except you were just stealing them well it literally felt like that because i remember scrolling you know through each other's itunes libraries and being like what is this you know like i've or never like, heard i've heard of this, this but yeah. i don't know what yeah mm. that's how i got into rogue wave which was like one of my favorite uh is that a star war it's no that's a <laughs> that's a, a band that's a well mm-hmm. or a person who made music under that name but yeah like uh, there were just like all these, I mean, and if we want to talk about like, you know, Sufian and like all these indie, all these indie guys, I was deeply down in the depths of all that shit. And even like the shit that you can't get on iTunes, like all the like, like all of <laughs> all of MGMT's old college recordings and that kind of stuff. Like, you mm-hmm. know, she, we were just like digging deep. Uh, so I, I'm very nostalgic for those times. For sure. Interesting. Yeah. I was thinking today, I was like, you know, I think I have uh, talked to Julia for this newsletter before. And I was like, when was that? And I looked it up and <laughs> it ran on March 6th, oh, no. 2020. No. <laughs> and it's so funny because so much of the interview was just like, Julia, what is it like releasing music at this, the worst time history can possibly get. It can't possibly get any worse than it is now. So, oh, no. <laughs> if only we knew. And then, like, a week later. Fuck. I need to go back home. and read that. I I, uh, I hope this doesn't offend you, but I have, like, absolutely no memory of that conversation. <laughs> no, it doesn't offend so me at all. I need to go that back. Was a, I, I feel like anything that happened the week before the pandemic started has just been wiped from the memories of collective consciousness yeah just uh, we got men in black like wiped out you know yep i was just gonna Um, say i feel like that's like a trauma response we've all just like collectively cleansed our minds of like march 2020 of the people we were before then fuck yeah uh yeah the pandemic you know the pandemic something that doesn't get talked about the about the pandemic is that it's uh it wasn't it wasn't that great it wasn't fun no yeah it was not People don't, you know, you always see the news headlines and they're like, how great was the pandemic? (laughs) Americans agree. Really good for everything. Um, But we forget that it wasn't that fun. Yeah. Never forget. As shitty as it was, though, I feel like you guys did a really good job of like it, it. I know nobody was enjoying themselves. I know nobody was having fun. But it seemed like when I looked at Rapaway's it seemed like you guys were keeping spirits high. You did totally. like, cause you, you had that, you had, what it was that printers devil uh-huh. at that time. Right. Come out and the tour, what you got like tour canceled, right? Yeah. We were two days away from leaving. Um, okay. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, you're not wrong. We had a lot of fun that year. <laughs> I'm, so, like, I'm so glad. I'm so glad the pandemic was good for you. Julia. Yeah. I mean, it was honestly pretty good. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty tight. there were like, there were, there were silver linings. Like I think back and we were really lucky because we live at the time Sean lived here too. And so three of the four of us lived together. And so, and eventually we kind of brought Marcus in pretty early on, like I think six weeks after everything shut down and uh, we kind of agreed this was like our pod. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of bands that I knew or still know, like weren't able to 
get together. They really didn't feel safe uh, even being in the same room with one another because they all lived in different places and just weren't like able yeah, to I make think, it happen. I think the pandemic really shone a light, shined a light, shone a light on like which bands were actually friends. Yeah. <laughs> and which ones got together to work and play music, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I like, you know, I'm not. I'm I don't like no judgment but but that is one thing that I don't take for granted with these guys is like we genuinely like being together like we that's how we survive on tour we're in a van the four of us only the four of us like all the time and you know we love each other and so we found ways to entertain ourselves Dave grew a majestic weed plant for like eight months and you know I learned how to do like the falling matrix text in Adobe After Effects like just things like that where like I needed yeah. an outlet. nobody had, we needed that nobody yeah. had, nobody had put that together it before. never would have happened otherwise and so like uh -huh. I um and I weirdly like had a good time learning how to like do little like tiny video editing things just like little th little skills that i would not have otherwise mm -hmm. fucked with and uh and like we recorded all those covers for patreon that was really like we never get to we never have time to like work on covers and stuff and so that was really cool and like and obviously i've talked about this a lot with like the press for this new album but we had so much time to like work on these new songs we were joking mm -hmm. about that the other day like we'll never have that much time. You know what I mean? Like sure, this record sure. is so yeah, yeah. unique in that way. Cause like we were literally getting together at least twice a week for like every Thursday and Sunday for two years, pretty much, you mm -hmm. know? So like that was so special cause now, and I'm happy that we're all busy again and like we have social lives and stuff, but like it's hard to even schedule like a weekly practice sometimes. Like we're, we all make time for it cause we care about like the music and playing together. But, um, yeah, it was just such a unique time in that way. We like had endless amounts yeah. of free time, well, as I everyone really hope did. Another, I really hope another global health crisis comes and, and makes yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> we're working uh, no, on but, it. We're mixing it but, all up <laughs> in the lab. Seriously, the, um, the wind, yeah, <laughs> the new Wuhan is in Chicago. Um, <laughs> But you know, like uh, the woo, uh, the window, the woo, <laughs> the Wuhan, <laughs> the Wuhan window. Yeah. Um, the window, yeah. truly, like one of my favorite albums of the year, and you can really hear that you guys did put so much thought into it. So, it, like you're saying, it it really did pay off, and it and it it is such an amazing record and a special record. And it really validates this theory that I've worked been working on about 2023. And you tell me what you think about this, Julia. Okay. Uh, I feel like the pandemic years, technically we're still in a pandemic, but you know, 20, 20, uh, 2020, 2021, a lot of people were making like weirder things just to keep the machine going. You know, like nobody wanted to put their best stuff out during this weird time where you can't tour, you can't really mm. capitalize on it, you know. Uh, so we got some more experimental stuff from people, maybe like solo stuff, maybe like you said, like covers records or like more engaging Patreons or whatever. Uh, but it feels like now, 2023, it feels like we've like cleared out the cachet of pandemic material, finally. And not only is everybody back to regularly scheduled programming, but it feels like people are just putting out their best stuff. I mean, I look at this year and like, everybody that i'm friends with or everybody's music i like you rosenstock Chris, you know like everybody's just putting out this like top like the best stuff of their career 
and I'm not saying the pandemic was good for it, but I'm just saying like, is it just me or does it feel like this year was just, has just been so crazy for people with the like caliber of material that we're getting? I totally agree with that. I mean, A, that's very kind assessment of our music and to be in that company is very cool. But yeah, like I, I think back to something that L from Pale Hound said, I don't know if you uh, listen to Pale Hound, but we had a conversation recently and they were talking about how like, when they were working on the music for their new record, which I also think is really great, um, they were like, I don't know if the music industry will exist. You know, like at that mm-hmm. at that point in time, like the world was in such a state of flux that it's like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to like make music for me and like whatever I want to do. And who knows if like the world will even be the same or like be there to like hear it or whatever. And so it's kind of like this weird like fatalistic, I don't know, nihilist. I don't know, like just this kind of like uh, – you know just making shit to make to make cool shit mentality um yeah and i don't know if that's how everyone's feeling or just them i think we were in that like that atmosphere too because like when we were working on these new songs the, the thought wasn't like what are people gonna think of these it's like okay how can we like like what do we think of this this week it was literally like such an insular process um in a way where the pressure was actually kind of eliminated it like we weren't Mm -hmm. we weren't on a timeline we like the whole world was off the rails like we didn't have a timeline for anything even like you know when we could play live again or when we could like see our families again you know just like everything was so fucked up that it created this almost like happy void where you could make cool stuff just for yourself and not worry about like the pressure of finishing it or like i don't know getting it yeah getting it delivered or whatever bullshit jargon we use but also to it like eliminated this like luxury that we have of like scheduling things far in advance where like every week was different totally and like a little bit worse too you know like that was the year that i was um writing sellout and it was like supposed to come out october 20 2021 yeah i was like that's forever away are you like there won't be a stores bookstores people will be reading that no that won't you know and like yeah week to week you just like lose the will to complete it but i agree like then you you get into this zen zone where you're like well i'm just gonna make it for myself then like you you know i'm just gonna make it how i want because if the world's ending uh why not make it how i want yeah i mean totally and that's such a that's such an like underrated or i don't know if it even is but like that's such a real part of the experience i think is just how long every day felt every day oh my god every day felt so long (laughs) it felt like we lived a whole life every day i know i lived i feel like i lived a whole life just in the in the two minutes of waking up like remember the first week that the pandemic happened you would like wake up in the morning and you'd like kind of rub your eyes and then you'd be like wait is there really a pan like a global health and you're like oh fuck there is it wasn't a dream it was just every day yeah it was like every day realizing that the dream was actually real and just fucking feeling insane for the like just just like coping all over again like every single like a fucking groundhog day of just you know health disasters it was so surreal Um, it was like like a deja vu yeah exactly like there's i read some theory that like deja vu is what happens when like your 
your brain realizes that it's making memories in real time or something. Mm. And that I kind of felt like that all the time. Like it was just uh, truly so Which strange. Which is funny because when, when I look back at that time, it's just one big blur of like <sighs> growing a beard and sitting in my apartment. Like I don't have any specific memories that I made of that time really. I was literally just thinking that like when I think, I wish I had kept a journal or something because when I think yeah. back now, I'm like, what did I do? Like, what did I do with my time? Like, I made the Matrix falling text and took a walk. You know, like, I don't I don't think I... I walked a lot. Yeah, walks were And now great. that the pandemic's over, it's so funny that I'm like, oh, no, 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 I won't walk anywhere. Right. Why would I? Yeah. I'll just, <laughs> I don't have to. Just drive to the library. Yeah, uh, I mean, there were, like, like I said, there were, like, cool parts of it that it was, like, it forced you into doing things differently, which is kind of like I did feel like I was resilient like I felt that we like I and we like made it through something but Mm -hmm. obviously would have been cool to like not live through a historic catastrophe but um yeah that was the news every day it's like unprecedented times and you're like boy I would like to go back to living in precedented times yeah I'm cool with precedented (laughs) times for sure You know, what we were talking about earlier, like hearing an album and and it triggering your sense memory to like the time that you first heard yeah. it, you hearing Jimmy World and in, in, on that drive in the desert, um, did it at all? Like, you know, like I said, like you were releasing your last album right as the p- pandemic was breaking and like canceled tours. And I'm sure that obviously like that was a very bad time for you to be ha- rolling an album out. And I'm sure that stuck with you now that you have the window and you have this new album is it at all triggering to that time to be like oh god nothing bad happened please we have two more days until we go on tour well i mean i have had the fleeting intrusive thoughts that are like okay like i hope that this tour will happen i always tell myself mm-hmm. like we will mm-hmm. go on this fucking tour julia's fingers are crossed right now for anybody who gets <laughs> like literally her fingers are crossed, crossed. <laughs> so uh-huh. tight but uh yeah no like i I we know what it's like to fucking tear it all down at the last second and so do so many other artists so it's like since we did have that experience if that did happen again we you could deal with it we could deal with it like we mm-hmm. we could handle it um but yeah I don't know I I think it'll be fine and like to be honest when when I listen or when we play these songs now like even though we worked on them during that really fucked up like traumatic time the, the memories I have of working on those songs with the guys are like the happiest memories I have from those mm. years. And so it actually, like, they still feel really good to play and they're not like, they don't make me think of like a sad we- time. Which is funny because I don't, you know, we don't have to get too into it if you don't want to, but the, the themes on the record are, especially the title track are incredibly sad. And I didn't know yeah. that until I talked to you about it. It's about loss during during the pandemic specifically in, in your family. And uh, it's a really, once I knew that it was a really hard to listen to. So I'm, I'm glad that you are able to like get some good vibes out of hearing it back now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is, but like my family has always had this kind of, I'm not sure if it's strange or maybe more common than I realized, but like this kind of perverse attitude to grief where we almost like there's a way to kind of see grief in the context of like a celebration or like Mm -hmm. um like a memorial doesn't have to be um you know 
like mournful necessarily, mm-hmm, you know, it can mm-hmm. be joyful. Um, and obviously that song doesn't reach for that maybe in like the most direct way. Like it is, it's a, it's a, you know, a sad, it's sad subject matter, but also like the very fact that my grandparents were able to have that conversation and the fact that the things they spoke about were like love, you know, and like mm-hmm. cherishing the people you love that. And the fact that that's like what, he said and like what there was to write about in that context was really remarkable to me and just now when I when we play that song I actually feel like quite close to my grandma and like it's 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 a nice tribute and she loved music like she was a very musical person I'm actually Mm -hmm. behind the computer monitor here is this um little like eight and a half by eleven beautiful like poster of Frank Sinatra that just fell out of one of the vinyl records that she gave me that I had never opened um, cause she like gave me her record collection and it's all these things where like, I wish I could like talk to her. Like we never talked about Frank Sinatra. Why didn't I mm-hmm. ask, you know, mm-hmm. but like, it's, it's nice to have that connection or like that way to feel close to her memory playing that song. It's better than nothing. You know, like that, that makes mm-hmm. me feel good. And hopefully it doesn't make other people like <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, I selfishly <laughs> like it. So. Do you think that's like a, a Midwestern attitude towards grief to not, uh, yes. I forgot how you said it, but not wallow in it, but to like almost celebrate it in a weird way? Totally. I feel like, by the way, I feel like some of the, like, I, I know that funerals and everything are like inherently sad, obviously. Yeah. But some of the funniest things that have like ever, like some of my funniest stories happened at funerals, weirdly. Totally. Totally. For like very close loved ones. Like there's, I don't know, maybe you're just so like you know on the surface of your emotions when you're like about to cry at all times that like things can also be like your your senses are heightened in a weird way that like something can just as easily be so funny totally as it can be sad you know yeah and I mean it could be like a self-preservation thing it could be like Mm -hmm. well this puts my life in a new perspective I want to enjoy every moment as you know deeply as I can while I'm here with my family you know like I truly some of the most fun parties I've ever been to in my life were like family funerals (laughs) you know yeah I know it's fucked up but it's so true I know and even like yeah my I think it comes from um like my German side of the family my dad's side specifically like my mom always tells this story this is so deeply insane so forgive me but the first time my mom met her father her future father-in-law he took her into the bedroom and showed in his closet like this is the suit I'm gonna be buried in (laughs) and she was like you are fucking unhinged but (laughs) you know what I mean just like like that kind of casual morbid silliness my my grandmother died maybe like 10 years ago or Mm -hmm. so uh no she died eight years ago okay but she like had her burial plot purchased yeah. Like, since I was a kid. Totally. Like, I was, like, a little kid, and we would have to go look at the burial plot. You know, like... Dude. <laughs> like, that's what you spent money on? Like, there, I can't tell you 
that would probably be the last of of a list of things if you were like what if you, even if i was rich like what would you spend your money on like st stick me in the, like danny devito once famously said stick me in the trash you know <laughs> like i don't care that's don't so care, true Ryan. i never thought about that you like have to like pay rent or whatever or like you know yeah, or, like... and she was like oh it's a good deal in 1992 so i might as well that's lock so it in Dude, <laughs> you know you never know that reminds me like i the first time i ever drove a car was in in a cemetery like we were visiting my I don't even know who like some of my family members graves or something and I was like 12 and my dad was like here sit on my lap like <laughs> drive the car like there's no one around and uh what's the worst that can happen exactly, we all die here they that, just stick us right on the ground that's exactly like the joke it's like the morbid humor but uh yeah yeah so like I don't know my attitude toward death and loss is just I love to kind of ruminate on like the strange and like silly and just odd ways that we like experience loss and like kind of navigate grief and so that song just came together in a really actually in kind of a way that I felt I had very little control over like my no yeah yeah there needs to be a word for that yeah I talk about this a lot when something when something comes out of you that you feel like is above your artistic ability like it was just waiting there for you you know like i don't i don't know if there's a word or phrase for that in english i'm sure there's like five in german in japanese yeah they have like <laughs> but like i talk about that all the time you know like um there are just some some things that just feel like wow like this came from in me like i did not know that this was here this is above what i thought my ability was yeah i think it i mean i think it has something to do with like removing yourself from the equation and mm -hmm. just like not thinking about you in the context of like what you are currently doing which is like writing a song or whatever like jeff yeah. tweedy has all these uh like books about he's like the total like songwriting professor at this point and he has like all these books and philosophies about that and i mean it's easy enough to like get to try to like practice that but you're right that sometimes it truly happens in a way that's like bigger than what you were capable of or thought you were capable of or whatever so yeah it's like and it's like the old songwriters cliche we really do need a word for it um but like with that song specifically my mom literally told me the story over the phone and i just like got out my notebook and started writing it down because i was like this is this is like i yeah. want to remember this like this is like this is the, a story, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah. And isn't that the best feeling when you just feel like you're just, you just don't overthink something and you yes. just get out of your own way and let, like, it's like the song is there yeah. in the ethers. You just kind of have to like be the conduit to get it out there. You know, totally. that was my big goal with that song specifically was like to use simple words and like mm -hmm. repeat them. And like, don't worry about like, saying everything just say something clearly like <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and it's hard it's one of the hardest whenever you know like i've seen like uh i've seen people critique writers yeah uh for for writing too simply mm. but i'm like when you see a sentence or a paragraph that is very simply told that's like one of the hardest things you can do in writing is to just tell something very directly it's yeah. hard Totally. And there's like this, like you're saying, there's this like writer's instinct to like mask your insecurities with like fancy words or like metaphors or yeah. whatever. But like really, actually, if you just if it's in your heart and you just say it, 
Yes. Uh, it actually probably will resonate with people a lot more because they don't have to like stop and think like, what is this person talking about? It just connects to them, you know? Totally. If you just like say what you mean, it'll probably make a lot more sense than like trying to come up with something, you know? <laughs> it's funny because I, I, I feel like sometimes I have written good things when something, like you said, like your mom was telling you and you just wrote it down. I feel like when something is really fresh, sometimes I can do a good job because like, like you said, you're not overthinking. You're just kind of like putting the real world to paper and it's beautiful. And then sometimes too, but I've had success also when there's been an issue in my head mm. and I'm just like, ruminating on it and maybe it's just in the back of my head i'm not actively ruminated but i'm like it's like it's back there and like there's a few weeks going by where i'm just like chewing on it back there in my brain and then one day i feel like my brain just tells me like hey this is ready to come out like totally. this is this is baked and i will just get in front of the computer and it will come out perfectly but i feel like your brain has this amazing ability to like really work on something in the background Dude, you know that is so it's funny that you say that because i had such a profound that maybe that's not the right word yes. but such like a such like a you know distinctive experience with that exact thing that exact like process so track one on the record um is actually like <laughs> this is a very fancy way to say this but kind of like well, okay, I'll use a better word. It's a ripoff of, I was going to say interpolation, but no, <laughs> it's like, it's like a ripoff of a song that I had written like 12 years ago. Um, mm -hmm. I woke up in the middle of the night, another like songwriting cliche and had this melody in my head and I like managed to fucking get up, which I never do in my sleep. I'm mm -hmm. always like, oh, I'll remember it. And then I wake up the next day, <laughs> no way. But um, I managed to wake up and like mumble it into my fucking phone. And of course, the next morning, anytime you do that, it sounds like, <laughs> you know, like it sounds yeah, so yeah, bad. Yeah. Anyway, I managed to do a good enough job that I could like remember the thing. I listened back to it a couple of days later. It's literally the same like melody as a song that I had uh, like a sense, you know, just written and put up on my SoundCloud. It was baking in it there. Was it baking. was baking up in that brain. Yeah, dude. And so I was like, whoa, this was like in my subconscious this whole time. Time. And like it mm -hmm. picked this one night to reappear in this like very like kind of crystallized for like the whole like I get stone driving home. Like those lines were like in my brain while I was sleeping. And I was like, what Whoa. the hell was this? You know, like it just sometimes you're. Yeah, it's like amazing to think about what your brain's doing when you're not even. Maybe I gotta do it. like fucking ayahuasca or something. Like yeah, I gotta dude. know what's in my brain behind all those like Simpsons quotes. Yeah, dig memes deep. that I've. <laughs> you gotta know. do one of those like float chambers or something. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, uh, I, but I, I was about to just say, oh, like on the Simpsons when Lisa <laughs> did it. <laughs> but there you yes. Go. Um, but yeah, no, and, and and what you're talking about with dreams is so is or like sleeping too is so right because I feel like I'll be working on a long project, and when I go to sleep, my brain is still working on it, yeah. and yeah, sometimes you wake up and you're like, you have a solution to the problem, and a lot of times it's nonsense. It's totally. fucking like what? <laughs> but every once in a while, like maybe one out of every ten times or something, I'll wake up. And I'm like, does this make sense? And I'm like, I think it does. I yeah. think I just solved the problem in my fucking sleep. How do you remember? Uh, a lot of times, like, it'll be waiting for me wake up when I wake up. That did happen to me, though, 
uh, recently, my friend and I have been trying to work on something. And r- like you're saying, right as I was going to bed, I yeah. was a little bit like sleepy and I had this idea. Same thing. I like voice noted it to myself. And when I woke up in the morning, I was like, what is this? Yeah. Like it w- I was I was like, oh, I did this last night. Right. Yeah. And cool. same as you're saying, like, oh, yeah, I'll remember it. No, I fucking didn't. I didn't even yeah. remember that I made myself a voice note. And I like listen to it. And I'm like, yeah, no, this is what I needed. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Last night. That's Dan. good thinking. Yeah. Last night, Dan. God, that... What else is up in our brains I that know. we're just squandering how with the we, fucking Internet? How do we and, get down and... there? think ayahuasca i think you gotta i think you gotta do like lsd or whatever man i don't know do you do you tend to write write when you wake up you know i try to force myself to journal but i don't know about you but something that i've realized about myself is that i write very differently between morning and night like morning i'm like work nine to five dan I sit, I'm sitting down and I'm just getting it out. And a lot of times what I write in my journal is just very much like, I have to do this today. I need, I need to call Julia. I need to do this. And it's very matter of factly, yeah. but I feel like at night when the lights are go down and I'm in the privacy of my own yes. apartment, that's when I get like in touch with my feelings. Cause nobody's can see me. And that's like at night, I feel like I do a lot more personal writing. I don't know about you. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I really, it depends. Like I, it depends how I'm writing or like what I'm, I, I don't do a ton of writing when I'm not playing music like, I, I don't mm. spend a ton of time just like writing in my notebook but I want to get better about that I like have a kind of a complicated relationship with um my handwriting which I know is like kind of okay. kind of stupid but like I uh I feel like I'm kind of physically losing the ability to like write with a pen I have like very bad handwriting to the point where mm-hmm. it's like I can't even read it anymore like when I go back and so I get so bummed and annoyed with myself that I tend to do most of my writing nowadays like either in my notes app or just like um playing and recording myself and stuff like that but do you think that's a is that a product of just like us being more reliant on technology that you're like I don't physically write anymore and I'm losing the ability it definitely hasn't helped I've always had this problem like in high school I used to have to retake my tests and stuff Mm. um because my teachers couldn't grade them uh, because my fucking handwriting sucks. I, like, just don't have very good, like, manual dexterity (laughs) whatsoever, which is, like, not also... Interesting for a guitarist to say. Exactly. Well, yeah, like, I... I, um, And I was never an athlete, Dan. Like, good Lord. I, I am not... I'm not very physically capable with my hands. And so, like, I... Yeah, it's, like, kind of a complicated thing, but... To be honest, I haven't thought too much about morning versus night. I haven't really paid attention to that. Um, so I need to – maybe I'll take stock and get back yeah. to it. Yeah, see, see what comes out when. Yeah, I got to do way, I, more intentional timing myself. We'll when see. I was, uh, by the way, in grade school and I feel like we had to write everything out, I yes. felt like I just spent – I would just blow through pens because we had to write so much, you know. Oh, yeah. And now, like, when I write more than, like, two sentences, I'm like, ow, my hand hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take it's a so break because my hand hurts. <laughs> like, I'm such a baby. I can't – I have no endurance for handwriting anymore. Me neither. I, I have always hated it, and I still hate it. And, like, I 
I'm not like I also grew up, you know, I'm left-handed and grew up like with fucking spiral notebooks and like fucking mm-hmm. inky pens that I would smear and it was just always such a struggle. <laughs> like yeah, biggest, yeah. you know, these are in the grand scheme of things not very big problems, but as a a developing No, writer, but I feel like we're unearthing tough. something that about you as yeah, a person. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough, but the world is against you uh, as a lefty, you know. Classic. Like on The Simpsons, when he gets the le- when he opens the leptorium and he gets the left-handed can opener, Mr. Burns. Um, See, I literally did not know how to use a can opener until like five years ago. I because oh I would try with my left hand and it would never work, and I was like, <laughs> uh-huh. I guess I'm just an idiot. And then I tried with my right hand five years ago or whatever, and it worked great and so i you know there are little things that you you uh struggle with but yeah i it's yeah it's i don't know it's interesting i and actually to be fair i have this is something you should also know about me dan i have not seen very much of the simpsons okay i was about to ask you about that because you your your name unless it was by sheer parallel thought comes from a Simpsons quote, well, because you're not going to put a Simpsons quote past old Dan Ozzie, I'll tell you that. Um, and so I've always yeah. wondered about that, but I've never asked you. So, so now you, the face you're making is like I've just, I've just, like well, shattered your entire. No, that's not it. <laughs> like I don't I've just called you out on no, something no, no. that. Uh huh. I don't want to disappoint you. I because okay. I I have since seen this and I love it. Um. No, like parallel line of thought. I, in high school, my girlfriends and I, we went to an all-girl Catholic high school and there was very little entertainment. It was like boring. And so we would go Mm -hmm. around at lunch and just try to like make each other laugh. And we gave each other these like disgusting nicknames, like things I should truly not repeat. And my one friend, the same one with the iTunes blood transfusions, uh-huh. She looked at me and was like, you're just a little rat boy. <laughs> and and then I did like a face and it became this whole inside joke in our group of friends. We like wrote a musical. It was like a whole thing. Well, not a whole musical. We like started a bunch of songs for a musical and never finished them. But um, so it was just that my nickname in high school and like it's the only one that stuck out of all the dumb nicknames. And eventually when I met Dave and we started you know playing music together and we created a facebook <laughs> for our band i google imaged rap boy and because we didn't have an s we were just rap boy mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that bart as rap boy image was the overwhelming consensus sure, and so sure, yeah. i that was like our first cover photo or whatever on facebook and i think so maybe some people thought that it was a direct reference i just really like <laughs> i really liked that episode but that wasn't it came after the name but i'm honored to be associated with wow. that so weirdly enough i never watched the simpsons like growing up we don't have to go too much into my fucking life but like my no 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 no. we have to go into why you didn't watch the simpsons <laughs> well my one maybe of my... when you do josh terry's newsletter you won't <laughs> but you do dan ozzy's and you're gonna get called on it what's your deal well i'm ha- oh, yeah so there's a direct connection like my one of my friend's older brothers was obsessed with the simpsons and like all his friends were too and i just thought he was like the grotiest boy like i mm-hmm. he was like such like a not like someone <laughs> i thought was cool and so i not that i looked down on the show itself but like anything that he was into i was like 
Sure. I don't know. And so he was obsessed with The Simpsons, like would watch it every single Sunday and knew all the quotes. And so I was just like, eh, I'm going to like watch something else. But then when I met Dave, like he grew up with it and knows all the quotes and stuff. And then I'll never forget one time I got my wisdom teeth out and made the mistake of like smoking a bong and watching The Simpsons with a friend. And I laughed so hard, my like jaw like seized up and I like couldn't <laughs> couldn't open my <laughs> mouth for a few days. You know, what I mean? it was crazy. But so yeah, every time I've watched it, I always go nuts and laugh so much. I just need to like take I, a pause I and really do a deep I really love dive. that the the bands that have been named after Simpsons references don't seem to know that at the time because yeah. I believe. I believe the story behind how Fallout Boy got their name was that they were playing their first show or second show or something, and they were like, we need a name, and people just started shouting things out, and somebody just shouted Fallout Boy, which is a very clear reference to The Simpsons, and I think maybe they didn't either get the reference or they whatever, they just took it as their name. Cool. Uh, it's very it's very funny that the Simpsons are so ingrained in culture that people are naming their bands after it without even realizing. I love that. Is, is fallout boy like a <laughs> reference to like the nuclear plant where fallout boy. So there's a comic book radioactive man ah. and fallout boy is his sidekick, which when they did the fallout boy, the movie bar tried out for the role, but it went to Millhouse, but then Millhouse didn't exactly like it. Got you it. know what? It's I'll send it to you. I'll send it. Please to you. do. Uh, I'll send you my like Disney plus whatever the fuck it's on. Why? So wait, why uh, have you, why have you not written a book about the Simpsons or have you? And I just missed it. I know, I know a guy who is, and he, he just interviewed me for it, but I don't, mm. I don't know what I would contribute to mm. the conversation at all. There's gotta uh, be something. Like, it's so huge that I don't know what I would. I wrote one article about it. Um, I wrote about uh, um, the Hullapalooza episode. Have you ever seen that one? No. Oh my gosh, Julia! It's Sonic Youth is in it. Smashing Amazing. Pumpkins are in it. Peter Frampton. Um, I wrote an article on on like sort of like the history of the coming together of that episode, and I interviewed like two of the showrunners. I feel like maybe Cypress Hill because they were in the episode too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know how one would like I, people do write yeah. books about the Simpsons and like more power to them. I don't feel like I have anything unique to contribute to it, but mm, maybe it'll come to uh, you in your sleep. Man. <laughs> yeah there's maybe. gotta be something now that you've implanted that idea. That's all I'm going to think about in my dreams. I'll send you a recording of, me saying Simpsons book over <laughs> yeah, and over again. You can listen to it. Let's sending our dream notes back. Yeah, totally. Back and forth. Ugh, well, um, if it ever happens, I support 100%. So uh, the only thing I, I really had left left to ask you about was, uh, you know, the window, like, is, is, like you said, you just had more time to work on it than you'll ever probably have again. <laughs> yeah. Um, you got this, like, great producer who, who really just brought out the best in it. And it's just this, like, mega huge record. Um, how I was thinking about you guys, because I'm like, I'm sure, I'm sure for the record that you're going to go on and continue making great, amazing, mind blowing things. But when you've done something like this, that's such a high, bar for you how do you have you ever have you even started thinking about like what's next or like how you like 
what you're going to do from here after this? Like, it just seems like uh, you really hit a high mark here and it's going to be hard to like duplicate it or up it or whatever. I don't know. Do you think about that kind of stuff? Sometimes I love to dream. I love to scheme. (laughs) Dream big, baby. Dreaming and scheming is pretty much my favorite activity. So I'm always thinking about the future. I love to plan. So like uh, (laughs) any, and I love to like, figure out an album sequence like coming up with an album sequence is truly my favorite part of writing a record and so i just want to say by the way it really shows on the window like there's there there's the songs like there's like a if if anybody hasn't heard it there's like some like there's like a kind of a power pop song on it there's some really like (laughs) country twangus indie rock records but they all like fit together somehow and it just i feel like with one of the reasons i like this record so much is it fits many of the moods that i have yeah you know like it just it's just i feel like i'm getting nine different records on it but it all goes together so i just wanted to give you a compliment and say i feel like that sequencing real like you have a skill for it thank you that is that is the highest compliment i and i was really stoked and satisfied like once we once making noise came about and once bad reaction came about i was like okay we have our bookends like i Mm -hmm. feel comfortable moving forward even more than i already did and um i don't know I haven't really started like writing the next record in earnest. Like we have a couple songs that we didn't um, end up recording for the window, but that are like written and good to go that Mm -hmm. for that sequencing reason did not end up on the record. They just like didn't fit into the sequence. And so we have some of those and then I've written a few more songs. God, they're all in the key of G. I don't know what we're going to do about that, but um, (laughs) I don't want to have like a fucking like rock opera one side of a record like all in the same key but um we'll figure that out but yeah like i we don't really have that like first song last song like those bookends haven't really solidified yet for me and so mm-hmm. just gonna keep writing but yeah i have like all these dreams of places we could go and like i personally would love to work with chris again i think the guys mm-hmm. feel that way and i think chris feels that way and so that would be a dream. Like he just opened a studio or like built a, st- I don't know what the hell he like has a studio now in um, Norway where he lives. And like, we went to Seattle to make Norway and make Dude, a record. We went to Seattle mm. to make this record. I'm like, let's just go f- even farther. Like let's fucking go. And I, I don't want to like bring anything. I just want to like go on a plane with my notebook and that's it. And like show up. Um, probably going to need the passport. I'm just throwing that out. Probably yeah. Yeah. That's the only notebook and a passport and no clothes. And paddle ball game. That's it. But, and the matchbook. Um, yes, exactly. And the, the lighter or whatever. But yeah, so I don't know. Like, that would be cool. But I, yeah. again, like, I I don't know. Like, the guys and I haven't really talked about that. And I haven't really said this out loud to any of them. But I'm fully aware that this might be, like, <laughs> this might be, like, the best feeling we ever have, like, about mm. a project. Like, I have no doubt that we'll continue to, like, push ourselves and make stuff that, surprises us and that like we enjoy listening to and that we're proud of and all that um but yeah there's something really unique about this record and i don't like take that for granted this one doesn't really feel like just another album like it it feels really special and like really close to us as a group not just like close to me personally this is like the first time i feel like i can share this like deep connection of with the songs with my bandmates and so yeah i don't i don't take that for granted at all we're just having a we're soaking it in and having a good time and i'm always planning for the future but haven't really well, haven't figured it out yet 
I'm really glad that you recognize this record as special because it is, but I hope uh, that doesn't become at all like a daunting hindrance and like one piece of advice, if if you want it, take it or leave it, is something that I learned is that, um, you know, like I also used to feel really daunted by like, wow, I made the biggest thing that I've ever made. How can I ever top this? That mentality is so counterproductive. And I think it's good to just think of the fine, like the whole body of work. Like I think of what I make, like the things I make as like a shelf. Yeah. And I'm just trying to fill the shelf and some things will be bigger. Some things will be seem like less important. Some things people will like more than others, whatever. But it doesn't matter. You just got to keep filling the shelf. Dude, I love that. Take it or leave it. I mean, no, I'm right there with you. My attitude is like whatever this next record is that we make hopefully knock on wood you know won't be our last like I just want to keep making that I don't I don't think that like oh whatever this next thing is that we make if it's not like as realized as this then that's it we got to wrap it up you know what I mean like then we'll just make another one and like who cares I mean obviously these things cost money they take time I'm not like being flippant or whatever but it's it's nice to like not put that pressure on yourself where it's like there will be another record like after the next one and after the next one. I think of it like Paul McCartney like he just keeps fucking making music because that's what he does and he like seems to love the journey of songwriting and like making albums and so yeah I think we just want to keep doing that and not letting like you said not like getting in our own way or whatever so that's the goal. I'm glad. I'm glad you're going to keep making records because I'll still listen to them. Cool. Uh, Julia, thank you for doing this completely joke-free um, interview. Thank you for adhering to the guidelines of no goofs. I tried. Um, I tried my best. Everything that was said over the last hour was meant entirely in earnest, and it should yep. be taken that way. And said with a completely um, straight face. And and again, like I'm just so happy for you guys. This when this this record is just fucking. Uh, I'm getting so much play out of it because, like I said, it's just fulfilling so many different like moods that I have. You know, it's such a special record. Thanks. They, that really means a lot coming from you, who I respect and admire your music taste. No, quite no, no, a bit. no, 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 no. But we also, don't do this. we stop the interview when you're being okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, well, you can bleep all this out, but I just want to <laughs> shout out and say thank you for helping us write our bio too for this because this was it was difficult to distill these things, and I feel like you did what we were talking about earlier, just like say it clearly, <laughs> and it, it helps a lot rather than trying to use a lot of like adjectives and stuff. Like it, it was very, very helpful. So. Appreciate your I don't, perspective. I don't. I don't know that many words, so that helps. Perfect. It worked um, out for both of us. I try to know fewer words every day. <laughs> try um, to forget words. Well, let me let me try to wrap this up in the most yep. uh, succinct, wordless way possible. Julia, rap boys, thanks for friendship. Thanks. Music also. Thank you, Dan. <laughs>